Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to talk to you in the next few moments just briefly, and we're going to close out our time with communion. I think you'll see why at the end of the message. But I want to talk to you tonight about the power and the importance of thanksgiving, especially as it relates to prayer. Because thanksgiving has everything to do with our ability to pray faith-filled, dynamic prayer that God answers. In Philippians chapter four and verse six, Paul writes, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Well, that's great advice. Don't worry, pray. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So when you and I are praying, thanksgiving is very, very important. It's an integral part of you and I approaching the throne of grace. So what I wanna do in the next few moments, I wanna give you four reasons why thanksgiving is so important as we pray. Number one, thanksgiving is the means by which we enter God's presence. Psalm 100, I love this Psalm. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness or serve the Lord with gladness. Listen, if anybody ought to be happy, it's believers. And if you're serving the Lord, there ought to be a smile on your face. There ought to be joy in your heart because we serve the living God. He is worthy of praise. He's at work in our lives and he is watching over us, right? Nothing's a worse advertisement for a church or for Christianity than sour, dour Christians who can't muster a smile. You say, well, I'm just not the smiley type. Then get filled full of the Holy Ghost and you will be smiley like you can't believe. Because God wants us to radiate joy. And if you're not joyful, and you're not worshiping the Lord or serving the Lord with gladness, something is lost in your service of the Lord and in your own personal strength. Then it says in verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now, thanksgiving and praise are not the same. A lot of people think of them as the same, but they're not. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he has done. It's acknowledging, God, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Praise is acknowledging who he is. God, you're great. You are powerful. You are loving. You are merciful. You are the forgiver of sins. You are the one who created the universe by your great power and your outstretched arms. You, do you see the difference? One is, is acknowledging who he is. The other is acknowledging what he has done, especially as it relates to our life. And we don't just barge into the presence of the Lord. This is a mistake a lot of believers make and it leads to a dry prayer life 
And the result is there is not a lot of answered prayer and there's not a lot of joy in spending time with the Lord and there's not much strengthening that's happening in the life of a believer when they don't give thanks to the Lord. When we come before him, he's the king of the universe. We come and we're giving thanks. We're saying, God, you, you are amazing. And Lord, you did this and you did this and you did this. I mean, you can thank him for your family. You can thank him for your friends. You can thank him for your job. You can thank him for your food. You can thank him for your home. You can thank him for your car. You can thank him for your health. You can thank him for the church. You can thank him for your pastor. I mean, you can thank him, right? All kinds of things. I would encourage you as a discipline to simply think in terms of when I come into the presence of the Lord, I'm going to think of at least 10 different things or people that I'm going to thank or, or what he's done over here or over there. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to spend that first part of my prayer time just thanking the Lord just acknowledging what he has done. Here's what it does and why it's important. Because it shifts our, our thinking from the realities of earth to the reality of heaven. If we're gonna pray your kingdom come, your will be done, then we have to be able to think in terms of his will, his reign, his rulership, his kingdom, and thanksgiving causes us to begin to think from his perspective regarding the things in our life. It also helps us to do something that I think is critical to answered prayer, and that is where we stop thinking about our problem and we start thinking about our God. Too many times what can happen is we can come into a prayer time so overcome by the problem itself that we spend all of our time thinking about the problem, processing the problem, trying to come to a solution with the problem, worrying about the problem, instead of in faith trusting God to solve the problem. Thanksgiving makes a difference. We need to be careful we're not in our prayer time meditating more on the problem, perceived solutions to the problem, instead of talking to God and thanking him for a solution in the problem. It's really important that we focus on him more than on the things that confront us in life. Thanksgiving positions us to do that. Number two. Thanksgiving builds our faith as we acknowledge his work in our life. Look at it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. One of the things that happens is this becomes then a cycle in our life that should be constantly happening so that we're rejoicing, which is very important because as we're celebrating the Lord, we're thanking God, God, we're just, I just rejoice You're, because of who he is, because of what he's done, because of the nearness of his presence, because of all the things you can rejoice, that becomes a source of strength. That then moves you into saying, wow, God, I just love you so much, I'm rejoicing. And one of the big things that we rejoice about is his answers to prayer. 
God has designed prayer to be a means of joy in the life of the believer. Jesus said this, ask and you'll receive what? That your joy might be full. One of the reasons why some Christians struggle when it comes to joy is they're not having much in the way of answered prayer. God has designed prayer to be effective and in not only bringing his kingdom power into the circumstances of our life, but bringing his joy into our heart, which then we're rejoicing, we're strong, we're praying without ceasing, and then in everything giving thanks, for this is the will of God. Now let me suggest this to you, because a lot of times, and I think especially young people, and I'm not faulting young people because I think, I think anybody who's been young has been there. But we get caught up in thinking about the decisions that we face that do have certainly a lot of ramifications to them. I mean, where am I gonna go to school? What am I gonna study? Where am I gonna work? Where am I gonna live? Whom am I gonna spend my life with? What job am I gonna take? All these kinds of things. And people get caught up, and, I, and that's not the domain only of, of young people, but it can be something that from my perspective, unnecessarily paralyzes many of God's people. Listen, God's will is not a secret. Paul says in Ephesians 5, understand what the Lord's will is. He cannot say that if you and I can't understand it. I think what happens to a lot of people is they're focusing their attention on the wrong aspects of God's will that the will of God isn't just who you marry or even primarily who you marry or what job you're going to take. More important than those decisions is the position of our heart relative to Him. Not just the position of our heart, but the condition of our heart. Are we walking in a close relationship to God? Are we walking sensitively to God? Am I putting myself in a position where I'm spending enough time with Him and drawing close enough to Him and leaning in to Him so that I can hear His voice when He whispers? That's the will of God. And when you do that part of the will of God, the rest of it takes care of itself. What happens to people, though, is when you're not doing that and then you're faced with a big challenge or a big decision and you're not sure of yourself and you can't be, you can't be sure what the will of God is, it, it invariably goes back to our heart. If our heart is positioned and conditioned to be sensitive to the presence of God, the will of God becomes much simpler to discern. Let me just say this, Thanksgiving positions us to not only be aware of what God has done in our life, but it gives me an awareness of what he's doing. If I want to see what he's doing, one of the places to start is to consider what he's done and to acknowledge what he's done. There's something about Thanksgiving that as I begin to recognize what he's done, it gives me a sense of what he does. 
So I began to thank God and I began to recognize, God, you do this and this and this and not confining it just to my life, but, confine, but also expanding it to include things he's done in his word. God, you did this, you did this, and I thank you because you're the God who heals, or you're the God who makes a way where there is no way, or you're a God who defeats the enemy, or you're a God who, I mean, you could go on and on. But as I begin to think about what he's done, it gives me a sense of what he does. And as I think about what he does, it gives me an awareness of what he's doing. Are you with me? And what that does is once I have an awareness of what God is doing, instantly there is a confidence of how I should respond in a situation. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not see. All of a sudden, the anticipation in my heart, the hope in my heart is built as I'm aware of what he's done, what he does, and what he's doing. Now, all of a sudden, faith comes much more readily, much more certainly, and with the conviction necessary to pray in faith. I start remembering how God has provided, how God has done what he's done, how he's worked in my life. And, and what happens is, as you begin to do that, then worry, weakness, difficulty begin to take a back seat in our mind. That's the place where answered prayer happens. And the more I recognize what he's done, the stronger my faith becomes regarding what he will do. Now, I want to explain one other thing in, in this verse, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So people ask, does that mean I have to give thanks for everything? That's not what it's saying. You know, there are some things in life that are tragic. Oh, God, I thank you for that car wreck. That's not what it's saying. It's saying in everything that happens to us, the good, the difficult, the, the hard, the easy. You and I can constantly be thanking God. We're not, we don't have to thank him for what, for the tragedy. All, we're, all he's saying is, look to me and think about what I've done in your life and what I've done in, in history and the things I do. And thank me for that in everything. And when you do that, it will have a strengthening effect on our prayers. Number three, thanksgiving aligns me with God's purpose for my life. All of us were created on purpose with a purpose. You're not an accident. It doesn't matter what the circumstances were of your conception. God used that to bring about your creation. It didn't surprise God. He doesn't view you as some, somebody that he had no plan for. Now you've shown up and he's got to figure out what to do with you. No, in, in, in eternity before time began, God knew you, God saw you, God willed your creation, your salvation, your, your giftings. God willed all of that. And he has a plan. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Turn to somebody and say, you are a masterpiece. It's true. 
You're a masterpiece. I think most people don't believe that about themselves. That's problematic. God thinks you're amazing. God, God is crazy about you. God, God looks at you and he says, that's my gal, that's my guy, that's, that, that, look at him. I love him so much. You may, you, you're not like anybody else, you're like you. And that, that's what makes you so incredibly valuable to God. He willed your creation. He planned for your salvation to know him. He planned works for you to do, not just in this life, but in the life to come. God has an amazing plan for you. He values you more than any of us can possibly imagine. And he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago in, in eternity before time began. God had a plan for you. He had a purpose for you. Do you know what that purpose is? If, I'm, if I ask you, what is God's purpose for you? Can you answer that? Because he has a purpose for you, and how can anyone live to fulfill his purpose if you don't know what that purpose is? This is why GrowTrack is a really great place to start in, in understanding what that might be and begin to explore that. That's why everybody ought to go through that. But that's not the end of the matter, nor is that all that there is. Because what happens as we begin to walk with the Lord and begin to walk close to the Lord, so it's more than just your salvation, but it is, it is now your relationship with him. And as you begin to walk with him, you're gonna discover there are things in you that he's placed in you you never knew were there. That God has, if he told you what he had for you, it would stun you, it would shock you, it might scare you, but that's only because you don't realize how he created you. And none of us knows ourself or our ability as well as God knows it because he's the one who put it into us. Thanksgiving helps us to understand God's purpose for our lives. Now let me just say this about Thanksgiving. God is not a megalomaniac and he isn't, he isn't up there in heaven saying, oh, if only they would just thank me because I'm so awesome. That, that is not the way he is thinking. He wants us to thank him because when we do, we're acknowledging the truth about our lives. And the truth is, apart from him, we can't do anything, right? The truth is that without him, we're sunk. The truth is he's better to us than we'd be to ourselves. The truth is he's done time and again things for us that we couldn't have begun to see how he was gonna do it, but he did it. I mean, when you and I are giving God thanks, we're acknowledging what is truly true. We're acknowledging capital T truth in our life. And the truth does what? Sets us free. 
So suddenly what happens is we have a new freedom and we more clearly see God's work in our lives and his purpose for our lives. You say, well, give me chapter and verse on that. Okay, Romans 1. I was hoping you would ask. But God shows us his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So when we're not acknowledging what is true, that is a suppression of the truth. And when there's a suppression of the truth, there are consequences that happen. On the other hand, when we acknowledge what's true, which is what Thanksgiving does, then the truth sets us free and there's an illumination that comes with that. Watch this. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. Everybody knows there's a God. You may be watching online, you may say, I'm an atheist, and I would suggest to you that you are either disappointed in people who have served God, therefore you said, I want nothing to do with the God they serve, or you may be disappointed in the way God is, in your, in your situation, how he has not met you in the way you would have liked, and so you've said, I'm done with God, but most people have to work very hard to get rid of a belief in something beyond this life. And I would suggest it's nearly impossible for all human beings. That there is inscribed on the human heart the truth about God. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. In other words, they can see that there's a design to creation, therefore there is a designer. His eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. That word for confused could be translated, their life, their minds became purposeless. They, they don't understand their purpose. They wouldn't give God thanks. They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't, they wouldn't acknowledge, yes, there's a design, therefore there must be a designer and I need to worship him. They said, no, I'm not going to do that. So in not giving him thanks, what happens is there's a confusion on who they are and what their purpose is and they're without purpose. Because they don't understand his purpose, they have to try to create their own. If we lose sight of our purpose, If we're not giving thanks to God, we're cut off from understanding his work, we lose sight of our purpose, and we make choices outside of God's design and intent for our lives. This is why Thanksgiving is so important, because what it does is it aligns us with the will of God for our life, and it it reinforces in us that he not only has a purpose for us, but through Thanksgiving, we come to a revelation of what that purpose is. Would you notice as well, it says, and their minds became dark. Essentially, in that state, a person's unable to perceive spiritual reality. This is one of the dangers of of believers who relegate Thanksgiving to a holiday once a year. It separates them from an understanding of spiritual reality. 
On the other hand, when you and I are thanking God, we're acknowledging the spiritual reality of a, of a wonderful God who is filled with loving kindness, who is watching over us, who is at work in our lives. And when we declare that with our mouth and we're thinking it in our mind and it's flowing from our heart and it becomes a part of a whole being response to God, what happens in that moment is all of a sudden he becomes more real. Our mind is illuminated to understand his work, his leading, his direction, the spiritual realities of life, and our, we live from a standpoint of illumination. This is the value of thanksgiving. It, it helps us to know his purpose. One more thing, number four, and then we're going to give thanks. Thanksgiving sanctifies and purifies the things of life. And watch this, this is interesting. First Timothy chapter four. Now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. So you don't have to pass on bacon as long as you say, thank you, Jesus, for bacon. <laughs> for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. In this, this idea of abstaining from foods, some of that has to do in that day with food that was offered to idols, to, to demonic beings. And Paul isn't saying that food offered to idols is powerless. What he is saying is that we, when we combine thanksgiving with the word and prayer, that com combination of thanksgiving the word and prayer is powerful enough to deauthorize the evil attached to that food and make the food holy. It's sanctified, it's made holy, it's set apart. There's, it's, it's for God, it's for godly purposes, it's for God's purpose. Thanksgiving has a sanctifying effect on our lives, on the circumstances of our lives. When we take Thanksgiving and we mix it with the Word of God and prayer, what happens is it deauthorizes evil that is working in areas of our life. Because remember in, in um, Ephesians chapter six, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So your battle, your battle is not just against that person at work who has it out for you. It's not just against, you know, the different circumstances that we encounter that are difficult, but there are demonic powers at work in our lives at various moments. In fact, as I'm talking tonight, you may be in a situation where you clearly know the enemy is at work. I think we err if we make too much of that personally. What's important is that you give thanks 
and have the word and, and prayer happening in your life. And when you do that, it sanctifies that situation. In other words, it deauthorizes evil. It, it stops the work of the enemy. There could be demonic activity happening in your marriage, could be happening in family relationships or family members, it could be happening in your thought life, it could be happening at work, it could be happening in a variety of ways. But when you give thanks, when we give thanks and we pray, then demonic darkness is defeated and in its place is a sanctifying presence of the Lord that sets us apart, again, for the purposes of God, that builds our faith and that leads to a joy and and a strength in the Lord and a consciousness of his presence. That's the power of thanksgiving. And as, as we come to the close of the service, I would like you to grab your, your communion cup and your bread because the communion, the Eucharist, is thanksgiving. That's what, if, if it, some of you are from mainline backgrounds where it talks about the Eucharist, it's thanksgiving is what that means. This, this is thanksgiving. So everything we've said about thanksgiving in the message is bound up in this cup. This is part of why we typically do it at the start of the service because we're entering his presence, we're entering his gates with thanksgiving. This is thanksgiving. When we're doing this, we're entering into the presence of the king, we're giving thanks. When we're doing this, we're giving thanks, and we're, we're building our faith because we're remembering what he did, and as we're remembering what he did, it tells us how much he loves us, and if God be for us, who can be against us? And that's very faith-building, right? We're aligning ourselves with the purpose of God. We're remembering what he did and what he has called us to do. We're also, and I mean, when you read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is talking about we're participating in the body of Christ and in the blood of Christ, and he's comparing it in the Corinthians case to I wouldn't want you to participating with demons. Be careful what you do in life, lest you find yourself participating with evil. He's saying, listen, when you hold this, you're participating in the blood and the body of Christ. But this is Thanksgiving. When we hold the bread in our hand, we're thanking him for two things in particular. The bread, symbolic of his body. We could take that two ways. One, we could take it, his, his body, his his life, his righteous life lived for us. That allows us to stand righteously before God. He took our unrighteousness on him so that you and I might be clothed in his righteousness so that when God sees us, he sees us being as righteous as Christ. You say, I don't, I'm not that righteous. Well, I know, humanly speaking, you're not, and neither am I. But legally, judicially, God has wiped the record clean. He's clothed us with the righteousness of Christ. Christ took our unrighteous life that we might be clothed with, clothed with his righteous life. So you thank the Lord and you say, God, thank you that you've made me righteous. I have relationship, I have right standing with you because of Jesus' righteous life. That's one part of it. I mean, when it says his body broken for us, it doesn't have to do with his death. It has to do with the distribution of, 
We're all part of one body. We all technically, by holding the, the wafer in this case, we're holding a part of the loaf. And when we put all the parts together, we have a loaf. And that loaf is a picture of the body of Christ. So when you're holding this, you are holding a, a symbol that reminds you that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, that you're a part of the body of Christ. And all you have to do is look around. And so when I'm taking communion, I thank the Lord for for the righteousness that he's given me through his, his righteous life that he lived and he took my unrighteousness and clothed me, clothed me with righteousness so God sees me as righteous and I can boldly approach the throne of grace and I can find grace and mercy to help in time of need. I mean, that's all that's bound up in there. But then I also look around the body of Christ and I say, wow, I'm a part of a body of believers that represent Jesus on earth. These, this, I'm a part and I thank God for the body that is James River Church. And I thank God for the body that is bigger than James River Church, that is the church of the living God, the company of the redeemed, that circles the, the globe and honors Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm thanking him for that. And instantly as I'm thanking him for that, I'm identifying my purpose to, to live close to God, to be a part of the church that Jesus is building and to love the church and to honor the church because Jesus loves the church and he honors the church, right? And then I take the cup. In fact, before we take the cup, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus and Jesus that you came. You lived a righteous life. You were without sin, tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. You lived a righteous life that you might give us your righteous life and clothe us with your righteousness. In the words of the hymn, clothed in your righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you for the church of the living God around the globe, celebrating you 24 hours a day, giving glory to you, honoring you, working to share the good news of salvation, showing the world who you are and what you're like. Thank you for the church, James River Church, that we're a part of, that you're working so powerfully. We thank you for your body. We give you thanks. Would you partake of the bread? And then we give thanks for the cup. It's the cup of thanksgiving, Jesus said. What are we giving thanks for? Jesus said this cup is the new covenant in my blood, a new covenant. Our sins totally forgiven. Not only forgiven, removed, gone, expiated. They're, they're erased. They're not there anymore. There's not any stain. The blood has washed them white as snow. Complete and total forgiveness always, all the time. Forgiveness for everything I've ever done. Forgiveness for everything I ever will do. Covered by the blood of Christ. His forgiveness healing. 
I love that. Thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. By your stripes, we are healed. Every time you pick up the cup, if you need healing, you say, there, this is a part of your covenant that you came to heal your people. And by your stripes, we are healed. And Lord, I thank you that you're a healing God. And I come before you with thanksgiving and at the same time tell you, I need a healing in my body. This is a beautiful time to receive the healing that he offers. A new covenant adopted as sons and daughters. You're a child of the king. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You're going to rule and reign with him. When it says he's the king of kings and lord of lords, who are the kings and the lords? It's us. It's amazing. You're a king. You're, you're a lord who will rule with the king and the lord, the king of kings and lord of lords. We're a kingdom of priests and kings. Wow. And he's coming again. And we're thanking him, Lord, you came the first time, you're coming the second time. Jesus, you said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you so that where I am there you may be also, right? We thank him for all those things. And as we thank him for those things, we're fixing our eyes on heaven and it's changing us in his presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cup. And Jesus, your precious blood shed for us. What could wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What could make me whole again? Nothing but your blood. Thank you. Thank you for the covenant that you've made with us whereby we are adopted. We're children of the King. The covenant that says there's healing in the name of Jesus. The covenant that says we'll rule and reign in eternity with you. Oh Lord, thank you for this covenant that you would look on us, that you would have mercy on us, that you would shed your grace on us, that you would want to do eternity with us. Oh God, that is amazing. And we thank you. And so we partake with great thanksgiving and Lord, I pray that as we give you thanks in our heart, I pray you'd sanctify every person in this room. I, I pray, oh God, as we give thanks in our heart, that you would align us with your purpose. I pray, God, as we give thanks in our heart for all you've done, for your greatness, Lord, for your incredible acts of kindness one after another in our life. I pray, oh God, faith would rise in our heart. And as we give thanks to you, oh God, Lord, may your presence reign in this place. May we, oh God, be closer to you. May we literally be in the courts of the king, I pray. Father, we thank you for it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the cup. Oh, come on. Let's stand and thank him right now. Would you thank him? Tell him. Give him thanks for what he's done. Lord, you are an amazing God. You're a healing God. We praise your name.